on this episode of AV Week, taking a look at the latest in digital signage and whether or not 3D is coming down the pipeline for the segment and what Facebook's crash means for the AV industry moving to the cloud. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 529, recorded Friday, October 8th, 2021. AV Conspiracy. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, I'm going to think I'm going to go do closest to the farthest away uh, because my buddy Erica Williams is here uh, over in Kansas City that that way. How are you, ma'am? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I am well. I am well. Uh, due north of me is a young man that I met a long time ago when we were both tech managers. His name is Mike Brandis. Welcome, sir. A long time when we were both tech managers and young men. It's good to be on again, Tim. So thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, let's go due east. Uh, Mr. Frank Paticala has joined us. Uh, he, is, he has pulled himself away from the fine folks at Panasonic. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, and a brand newbie, so please be nice to her, you three. Uh, her name is Carmen <laughs> Dominguez, uh, and she is with Barco due south uh, down in Dallas Way. How are you, ma'am? I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely, absolutely. So the the first story here, uh, technically, I could have grabbed any publication, uh, pretty much in the world. Uh, I grabbed the one from NPR, but knock yourself out. Just type in Facebook outage, and you'll find an article. All right. Bottom line here is uh, Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram had a quote unquote worldwide outage uh, on Monday. The root cause was. Um, a faulty configuration chart change, uh, and that there is, quote-unquote, no evidence that the user data was compromised as a result. Um, kind of somewhat full disclosure, I don't use Facebook a lot. I am on there. If you want to find me, that's fine. Um, I use Instagram and, and, and WhatsApp. Uh, I did notice some outages. Um, and the reason I, I bring this up is the cloud version, the cloud basis of this. Um, the, during my day job at, at, at CTI, we're going down the road of, 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 you know, looking at a couple different software solutions that are all cloud-based, meaning that they're on somebody else's server. Frank, I'm going to start with you on this. Uh, not for anything, not for nothing, but Frank is a longtime drumbeat of IT is AV and AV is IT. Okay. What happens when this happens? What happens when the cloud goes down, Frank? What happens when we've put all of our eggs in the, you know, AV as a service basket and somebody unplugs something. Well, the first thing you do is you find humor in it, right? It's like, because <laughs> there's, because I, I pity the poor techs who had to deal with this. You know, my Twitter timeline was flooded with jokes. I loved it. I'm going to share one, you know, it's uh, if I say uh, about networking, the one that always comes to mind is that I could tell you a UDP joke but you wouldn't get it, but I could tell you a BGP joke and you'll definitely get it, right? So BGP is one of those protocols used to configure these long distance routes. And uh, people say that's the one of the causes behind this. Somebody misplaced a routing table, entered something incorrectly. And what happened is Facebook 
for a few hours did not exist anymore. There was no Facebook.com anywhere, right? So the relevance of having backup and no matter what you do, and this is Facebook we're talking about, millions of users every minute. So the cloud going down is a reality of it, but that doesn't take away from the fact that this is where we're going. You know, you like it or not, cloud services are here to stay. Outages are normal. It's just that they're more glorified now. I mean, you'd have routers going down too. You'd have switches going down too. You'd have your most trusted matrix routers going down. It's a part of electronics. Sometimes they go down. But cloud, the convenience that it offers to you is unmatched, and I don't think there's any question in it. Now, can we improve our processes? Can we make ourselves more competent to go through these things? Absolutely. But, you know, it's going to stay. I'm still on the AVs, IT, this is here to stay bandwagon, never changing that. All right. Mr. Brandis, uh, Mike works for, actually three of you guys work for manufacturers. Frank works for Panasonic, Mike works for, for QSC. QSC is certainly going down the, the, uh, the, this road here. Frank makes a, a good point. You know, this is where we're going, the convenience factor here. So how, as someone who works inside one of these companies that is going down this, this cloud road, how do you how do you develop for that? How do you talk to customers about that? And how do you talk to customers that are kind of on two different spectrums here? You've got a folks that are certainly in the in the camp uh, of, of AV as IT, but you also have let's just call them old curmudgeons uh, who uh, will will shake their their uh, their fist at the cloud uh, and say, you know, not in my backyard. I, I I need my my physical switcher. That's a great question. So first of all, thank God we're talking about this because local equipment has never ever gone down in anyone's lifetime so the cloud's unique in that <laughs> aspect right um so you, we, we're already off to a good start the thing i would say there and i'm speaking first of all as a guy who works for a company not as the company um if i were to bet who's going to have a better uptime is it going to be amazon web services google cloud azure or is it going to be 200 physical servers in a data center somewhere uh, in my property, in my building, that's susceptible to power outages, things like that. I, I'm going to bet the farm on those other three companies, not mine. Um, now, for users, the experience is the same, right? Whether you have a physical piece of equipment in the room that goes down, maybe power supply breaks, something like that. You got you have downtime. Uh, your downtime is in the days, hours, if you can go get another power supply, things like that. Uh, you know, when you go to the cloud, you're... I mean, this was a huge issue. They lost the BGP routing. They lost, they didn't exist. They weren't on who is, their CNAME records were gone. And this was resolved in two, three hours, four hours, something like that, right? This wasn't a ship me another piece of hardware via the RMA cycle next, you know, next day air to resolve it. So, I mean, I'm I'm a technology guy and adopter. I, I think there's a lot more stability and there's a lot more, uh, opportunity and stuff that's not hosted on-prem. Uh, obviously, you have the need for on-prem stuff. I don't know if I want to send my laptop feed to the cloud for processing to come back to my in-root distribution, right? That's silly. Uh, when latency is involved, the cloud's not the, the way to go. So there's always going to be that on-prem cloud solution, especially for signal management. But for data, uh, I can guarantee you that your uptime is going to be greater uh, using a hosted web service with redundant data centers across the world as opposed to the IBM server in your basement. All right. Erica, uh, Erica um, helps out the folks and, and works for uh, Henderson Engineers. 
what happens when you're you're supporting and you're hel helping out a uh, and and putting together and making sure that that this presentation works or that highfalutin you know meeting happens and the cloud goes down you know is it like mike says sure gear has never gone down you know then that, yeah, yes we're all being sarcastic here because gear certainly will go down so is it just because it's newer that that we get freaked out or at least guys of you know like me get freaked out about the cloud and it's just where we're headed or or where are we in in the comfort level here of of making sure that that as we migrate to the cloud everybody kind of comes along and and comes along you know comfort comfortably i guess well, I just want to start out by saying I don't think what happened to Facebook was an accident. Just saying, if you're into conspiracy theories, I don't think it was an accident. Just throwing that out there. Um, tell, 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 tell me more. Go on. Don't tell her more. Don't tell him more. No. I, no. I, I'm, I'm listening. Uh, it's just the timing. It was, Jack, you know, it was Jack from Twitter. He got in there. And, anyhow. Yeah, oh yeah. It it's just uh, it's just interesting timing, you know. Just just very interesting timing, convenient timing, if you ask me. I kind of echo that too, because that becomes the bigger oh, news, right? Oh, no, you have more adapters to this. Great. <laughs> you oh, might yeah, have a yeah. point there. Time, time, time out, really quickly, really quickly. The reason she's saying that if you didn't catch that, right, the Facebook whistleblower was had just been on what sixty minutes, sixty mm -hmm. minutes, and and she was getting ready to testify before Congress. So yeah. Distraction. You think they were just deleting? Can't testify like, about what doesn't exist. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And their stocks dropped right before it all went down too. Although I will say this, okay. I don't think anybody disbelieves anything people say about Facebook at this point. You know, it's like, it's like <laughs> Facebook. True. True. Yeah, yeah. True. They probably did it. You know, it's like it's that's just the assumption. So that's a, that's an interesting question, and I'm glad you ask. Um, the the unique thing about. Uh, my environment is not only do we now have, you know, we were Zoom shop completely, so we've got meetings and phone. It's all in the cloud. It's all cloud-based. Um, in the architecture, engineering, construction world, you also have things like BIM 360 and AutoCAD and Revit starting to move things to the cloud. You've got other products um, that people use for, you know, punch lists and everything. It's all in the cloud. So there's a, there's a lot going on. Um, and I think it helps, especially in, in managing users' expectations, that it's already kind of been around a little bit. People have already had a little bit of a taste of what happens when something goes down um, and they know what to expect. Obviously with newer things, and especially with conference rooms, I think it just all depends. You know, if you've got a huge presentation where you're trying to, to win a new client and everything breaks down, yeah, everybody's gonna freak out. But if it's your weekly scheduling meeting, everybody's not gonna necessarily freak out, they'll understand. Um, and you know, it. Mike said a really good thing about having uh, redundancy and redundancy absolutely in your data centers, but also redundancy in your backup plan. You know, you can never put all your eggs in one basket with just Zoom. We also have Teams. We also have WebEx. We have backup plans. So worst case scenario, we need to switch it. But it's likely not all of those are ever going to go down at the same time. Right. So, you know, making sure that you're you have redundancy across all kinds of levels is super important, I think. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Carmen, you'll, uh, you'll have the last word on this one. Wrap us up. Uh, we, as you're talking with clients and, and, you know, whether that is, you know, uh, folks that are higher education or, or, or corporate, uh, as we kind of move to the, the cloud, how are you helping? You know, how How is companies like Marco and like, you know, QSC and, and Panasonic helping, you know, the industry get to the cloud safely, you know, right? Um, but also making sure that, that we do so, um, you know, with, with a... a, a, a 
a comfort level uh, that we have, you know, with, with our gear that we can see and touch and feel. Sure. I think, you know, Erica and Mike kind of hit the nail on the head earlier, kind of stole a little bit of my thunder, but I think a lot of it is going to come down to making sure that proper planning is, is being taken into account, um, that your um, software uh, SaaS service is actually built to have redundancy in there and that there's multiple areas that you can kind of segment so things don't get bogged down. But most importantly, having a plan B internally as an organization, you can't, like like Erica said, put all your eggs in one basket and uh, expect, you know, to be able to continue business as usual if there should be a time that, you know, the network goes down or the cloud service goes down. Um, here internally, we also have many different softwares that we use and, and we use Teams on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but we also have other platforms that we use so that we can continue, you know, conducting day-to-day bus uh, -day business uh, activities. So I think that's important, redundancy and having a plan B internally to make sure that communication and, and business continues. All right, absolutely. And I, I will agree on having the redundant uh, cloud-based um, uh, video conferencing systems. I also have my own opinions about which ones you should, and you can catch me at Infocom if you want to know which ones those are. All right, uh, second uh, story comes to us uh, from our friends over at AV Magazine. Quick note, actually, about that. Um, knock on wood, and as long as, as I'm clear to go, uh, I'm heading over to London. Uh, Mr. Netto and I, Mr. Chris Netto uh, from AV and the AM fame, are going to be hosting the AV uh, Awards live stream again. Uh, it is happening the 5th of November. Uh, and no, I'm not wearing a Guy Fawkes mask, but uh, we'll be heading over there. And he and I actually are doing a, uh, an event with uh, his, uh, his employer, Midwich, uh, at their Experience uh, Innovation Center, at their Innovation House, uh, on the 4th of November. Uh, and by the time this post, you should be able to register for that, so check that out. Um, AV Magazine, uh, LG, quote-unquote, launches the first 3D LA content uh, in Times Square. Uh, it is an interesting. It's, it's one of these... Um, displays that are on a corner of a building. Over the last year, they have um, kind of evolved their, their Times Square presence. LG is not a big player in, in Times Square. Uh, if you're familiar, who is not familiar with Times Square, right? But if you're familiar with, with the players that, that are uh, in that space, uh, there are actually a couple of augmented reality apps that you can download and you, you take your phone and you uh, put it up to the screen. It'll tell you the manufacturer. It'll tell you the, the, the owner of it uh, and a lot of the content that are on it. LG has not been a huge player in this. Um, but, Mike, I'm going to start with you on this. Over the last couple of years, we've watched digital signage evolve. Um, I think that you've been on a show with, with Emil Vandekovering, uh, Vandekovering uh, from Social or before. Um, matter of fact, I think you guys, you two are on the nine together uh, from SCN, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but w when we look at digital signage um, and we look at kind of that environment, whether that is, you know, interactivity, whether that is the ability to you know, insert yourself into certain digital signage, we start getting beyond the, the AV part and more the creative part. Where do we see digital signage going? Where do we see it heading? Is 3D, and God help me, I do not like 3D. I'll be the first to admit it. I hope that's not the next iteration. But where do we see this this space going? Like anything else, the technology is only as good as what you pump into it. Uh, projection screens and meeting rooms are useless until you plug a computer into them and you can view your incredibly well-crafted spreadsheet. Uh, digital signage is no different. Um, first of all, I think digital signage has exploded over the past five, ten years, right? There's You walk down the digital signage booth in any AV trade show, 
and it's everything from little uh, small strips that you put at the gas station to let people know that you can get uh, two Hershey bars for 99 cents uh, uh, to this LG thing, right? Um, the content drives the large experience for sure. Uh, these 3D signs are, you know, you see them on LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. I mean, it's impressive what they do. Uh, but then you talk to like, uh, rein it back in a little bit more into like the down to earth stuff. And you talk to like a casino and a casino, you know, you think about AV and, you know, audio by the acre, you've got video distribution and things like that. And you talk to them about their digital signage solution and their IT guy is going to tell you, oh, we just make sure everything's connected to the network. We have a content agency that does that. Our ad agency generates our digital signage content. It's not the technology people. It was the technology people when I worked at a university. I took someone else's PowerPoint and I turned that into digital signage. Um, now that content's being generated. That's in the whole industry. Uh, you hire your madman, uh, you know, ad firm, and they do your TV ads. They do your radio spots. They do your print ads. But you know what? They're also doing your in-house digital signage. Um, Companies that are going to make a huge investment in digital signage aren't going to depend on uh, uh, a retail entity making a large investment in digital signage manager. It's not going to ask uh, the regional sales manager for Altoona, Pennsylvania to come up with uh, super cool looking graphics, right? They're going to pay a lot of money for that. Um, it's going to, my thought there is that the content is way more important than the distribution mechanism. Right. Erica, in the heart of, of corporate, where do you see digital signage? Uh, we've seen it kind of migrate, as Mike says, you know, into higher education, into uh, corporate. Certainly, you know, there, there, is, there is room for there, depending on, on, um, depending on which manufacturer you're looking at. Some of them are already are also converting um, unused conference rooms into digital signage uh, platforms and, and, uh, and canvases. Where do you see signage going from here? Yeah, the digital signage is something that I personally struggle with. You know, I guess I just have um, bad, bad experiences with it. Um, I think that there can be some value. Um, you know, I agree with Mike that it, it comes down to the content. You know, you can you can spend honestly hundreds of thousands of dollars on digital signage solutions, even in, in a corporate environment. And it's only as good as is the people who have the time to, to put into that. So it's a it's a major investment and it's the kind of investment that you need to have real intention for what is your intention um and when i think about the corporate world i think a lot about you know what we've been hearing at these virtual conferences is is what what is the office space going to look like when people come back and it's more of creating an experience it's being able to bring clients there to to see and feel your brand and less about you know the actual employees coming for collaboration it's it's it'll be more of a selling point um from what the people are saying i and i don't completely disagree you know um the nice thing about some of these um, uh, services like Zoom rooms and Team rooms and everything else like that is that they have the digital signage built in, so that that's nice. You're getting that already, and you know, it's it. You just got to have a plan, honestly. And I think that for the companies that that are very focused on their brand and their brand being part of their client experience, it's it's going to be huge and really take off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Frank, Frank works for Panasonic, so certainly in, in that space, but also I mentioned before he, he came uh, by way of Diversified. So Diversified's got a huge, huge digital signage um, um, uh, segment. Talk for a second about kind of both both those sides of, of, of your world in the last couple of years and kind of where you see where you see signage. 
I think the last couple of years, although we see all the negatives and the challenges associated with the pandemic, the biggest thing as a technology lover that I saw happening was the breaking down of verticals, right? Previously, you'd have very distinct verticals. This is a house of worship product. This is a digital signage product. This is a corporate product, right? And in a sense, the supply chain issues and the stuff that we deal with every day has contributed to people looking outside the box to solve problems and realize that, hey, I can use this for this, right? So I think that from a technology perspective, the future of digital signage is just awesome, right? Uh, people value their experiences more. It's not just about the wow factor. It became functional over the last two years. Digital signage is not just about looking at it. You have your interactive menus. You have your, you know, your uh, your gesture-operated systems. And you know, digital signage is everywhere. And it's no more something that is just uh, something that the marketing department pushes out. So, in a sense, uh, to allude to Mike and Erica's point, though content has always been king. I think us technology folks are slowly clawing back and saying, yes, we get it, content needs to be there, but this technology has some applications that you need to be aware of, right? And to bring it all into a full circle, our earlier conversation of the cloud is particularly important in digital signage as well right now, right? Because uh, content is streamed live. It's a cloud-based platform. The deployments are different. Things are changing. So there's a lot of future in uh, digital signage and how it's going to be seen on a day-to-day -day basis. A uh, personal side note for me, I love that there's so much of uh, incentive to integrate AI into digital, digital signage, you know, to see how, you know, what's the size of the crowd in front of the screen? Let's change content based on that. You know, let's, yeah. let's look at it. Again, it raises concerns about privacy and all the other questions associated with AI, but at the same time, looking at it from a pure, pure technology perspective, it's just great, you know, the, what, what's happened in the last two years. I think digital signage has uh, really changed their involvement. I don't think it's just about billboards and advertising or that wow factor anymore. Digital signage is a part of everything at this point. So it's, it's good. Yeah. I want to kind of add a, an, an aside to that. So I don't know if, if anybody else heard about this, but in, in iOS 14, Apple released a new feature called uh, private private Wi-Fi network or private network. Um, so basically, if you have it turned on, your Mac address is constantly changing on your iPhone. So what they've realized that stores and other places were doing is they were they were tracking your Mac address and being able to to track your behaviors, which plays honestly directly into this digital signage thing. Um, but now they've got it so you can actually turn it off. So your Mac address isn't switching, but for the people who don't turn it off, like how how does that how is that going to affect the the digital signage game and being able to target those ads? Because you know it might be the same person coming in three days a week, but their Mac address isn't the same, so you're not able to to work off that. So just want to throw that out there. That is actually very interesting, and and I will I will disagree with with Frank a little bit. Um, I, I agree what you're saying. I understand what you're saying about the technology. I as as a creative, I would go back there and say. Technology is wonderful, but it's a canvas, right? And that's that's just my two sure. cents on that. Um, uh, Carmen, we'll, we'll wrap up with you. Barco certainly is in this space. Uh, I don't think you can you can get away from Barco in this space. But one of the things that Frank brought up is is AI. Um, I, I've been fascinated, and and some people go down the road of facial recognition. I am more of, of the of the attitude of, of demographic yeah. recognition, right? So you know, the three of us walking down the street. 
me and Frank walking down with Carmen, it notices that there's two guys and a woman, right? And and then gives us content um, um, uh, accordingly. There are some issues with that in general. I'm not going to get into that. But but when you look at it, both from your perspective as Carmen, but also from Barco's perspective when it comes to digital signage, where do you guys see the, the, the segment going for the next year or so? I think it, it's only going to continue to grow. Um, I think a lot of people who are out there as consumers, just generally on a, on a personal level, um, I tend to buy visually or I tend to learn visually. And I think, you know, it's just going to continue on the upwards path. And as far as for organizations, and I know that content that is being used is uh, obviously very important on what you're using out there, but also other ways that organizations are inc- uh, increasing their ROI is the, f- the fact that it is because it is digital, there's so many different types of messages that you can be using that same digital sign for in different use cases in applications in, in higher education and, and in corporate universities. And I think the, pa- the platform's just going to continue uh, developing and higher quality um, solutions are going to continue to to hit you know the market. As you know, it's ever changing. And it seems like every six months or so, we're getting a new type of technology that is out there and available. And I think it's just going to keep going uphill. No, absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, as we wrap up here, I, I would do want to mention one thing. Um, DSC, Digital Signage Expo, since we're talking about digital signage, is uh, actually coming back. Uh, yes, Explanation did uh, file for bankruptcy and, and kind of folded, but somebody else came along and grabbed it. It's a company called Questex uh, who purchased that show and a couple others, uh, and they are putting it on March 21st through the 23rd uh, in Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Convention Center. So if you've been to Infocom or NAB or CES, that same building, Typically, uh, they did not last couple of years. They were they were in the South Hall, so um, you check out their their website, and I'll have Mitchell put a put a link to, to DSE's website so you can check that out. So, uh, not quite sure yet whether or not we're heading over there. We're still putting together our calendar for for 2022, and it it's already uh, filling up. Let me just put it that way. Uh, all right, uh, thank you guys so much. That's going to do it for us. Uh, Frank Patakala, good to see you, buddy. Uh, how do people connect with you or Panasonic? Uh, Panasonic is Panasonic.com. And Frank Patacala is Frank Patacala on Twitter and LinkedIn. Look me up. You know, I tweet a lot. Um, that's me. All right. Mr. Brandis, thank you, sir. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, how do people connect with you or QSC? Well, you can find QSC online on the Internet. We have an Internet web presence. It is QSC.com. Um, so we are a business, hence the .com designator there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am Mike Brandis AV. You can find me on LinkedIn. I am Mike Brandis, but my LinkedIn URL is Mike Brandis AV to further complicate things. And um, I don't know why you'd want to find me on either, but if you do, I, I tweet pictures of my dogs and uh, uh, musings as I use other people's software and sometimes write my own. And and soccer and beer, you know. A lot more soccer on other accounts than the Mike Brandis <laughs> AV account. All right. Uh, Erica Williams, thank you, ma'am. Uh, good to see you, as always. Uh, how do people connect with you or Henderson Engineers? Uh, yeah, you can check us out at hendersonengineers.com. We've got a lot of great projects going on and some really cool job postings, so check it out. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn under Erica Williams. There's a lot of me, but just look for the one on AV. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter at HaircutFW. It's October, so forewarning, you will get lots of rants about horror movies for the next couple weeks. All right. Uh, Carmen, thank you, ma'am. How do people connect with you or, or Barco? Absolutely. So you can find us um, on the web, um, barco.com, specifically the group that I'm a part of, which is the Learning Experiences Team. It's under the Teaching and Training tab on Barco's main website. 
And then you can also follow us on LinkedIn. Um, Barco Teaching and Training also has our own segment uh, outside of the big Barco um, organization. And certainly you can find me as well on LinkedIn under Carmen Dominguez or a former last name Olivares, recently got married. So um, transitioned there online. So uh, definitely find me on LinkedIn as well. All right. Very good. Congratulations on, on getting married. Erica Thank also you. is a is a relatively newlywed, so uh, both of y'all, young kids, daggummit. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, for Tim Albright, do not, under any circumstances, follow me on the Twitters. I mentioned the fact that it is October. Uh, here in St. Louis, uh, the Cardinals are no longer playing, so thank God. Uh, that means it is football season officially, uh, so go Bears, uh, and it's also hockey season, so go Blues. That's what you'll get from me, um, <laughs> not even as much as, as Brandis. So, a lot of heartache. Uh, I know, but, you know, what are you, you going to do? Um, but go by the website, if you would, please, avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including all of our coverage of Infocom 2021. We are headed to Orlando the 27th through the 29th of October. Uh, you can check out a couple of different things we've got going on. Um, we do have a number of get-togethers. Uh, we are doing the tweet-up uh, from 4 to 6 o'clock on Wednesday, the 27th of October. Uh, it is in W304, I think, but if you click on, if you go to aviation.tv and you go to Infocom's, the Infocom page, you'll find that. Uh, just register for that, tell us you're coming so we can buy enough beer or whatever. Uh, and let us know you're coming. The, my, I mentioned my day job. Uh, I'm head of marketing for CTI out of St. Louis. We have a, a booth, 2923 is where you'll find that. Uh, and also Aviation Studio is up on the third floor and down the hall. You can check that out as well. So uh, come out, uh, and, and if you're going to Orlando, come out and see us and hang out. Uh, we've got a party every single night, Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, so you can hang out with us and, and get just, you know, there's not a whole lot of things going on. So, you know, there's there's... I'm not saying that we're the only game in town, but we're one of the few parties you can go hang out, uh, and it's outdoors, uh, so social distance and all that jazz. So all that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. It's also October, so that means the Blues start playing in about two weeks. All right. This is true, and the Cardinals are in the playoffs. No, no, they're not. Oh no, not yet, not yet. Or, but they will be. No, no, they they lost. Did they lose the game the other day? They lost Wednesday, so they're not. Oh, anymore. that's why they, my wife hasn't been talking to me. Yeah. Mitch, <laughs> we, we need to add those side effects, the, the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just cut that all out so I don't end up divorced. <laughs> <laughs>